Mage Talk is brought to you by Mojo Stratus. Stratus is true cloud auto scaling technology for Magento. Built by industry leaders and cloud architects, Stratus is a revolution in cloud hosting. Magento 2, no problem. Holidays, flash sales, no problem. 100% uptime or your money back. Give Stratus a try today, risk free, and tell them Mage Talk sent you. Check them out today at magemojo.com. That's M A G E M O J O.com. Mage Talk is brought to you by Vertex, the leader of tax, technology solutions, and services for corporations worldwide. They're a Magento premier partner trusted by over half of the Fortune 500. Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes. Visit them online today at vertexsmb.com. This podcast is brought to you by Commerce Hero, better way to find a Magento developer for your next project or full-time hire. What's up? Hello. Welcome to Mage Talk, the Magento Enterprise Podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Magento Community Podcast. Hey. I'm Philip. And I'm Kaylin. And guess what? And, Security uh, is dead. Pack it up. Let's go home. That's, that's Pack it, it up. Go home. Nothing to see here. Uh, nothing to do. Turn <laughs> off your internet browser and your webcam because... <laughs> yeah. Your webcam has been on for five safe. solid years and you didn't even know it. Nothing's sacred. Yeah. Every, everything's broken. It's all getting torn down. That's the reality. Um, Content yeah. security policy is dead. Did, did you know what CSP was, Kalen? I didn't. You know, I, I did not. I jumped into that Twitter thread as if I knew what was being talked about. And, uh, you know, it's like I, I, I can sort of. I can sort of uh, vaguely understand what's going on here, but no, I did not. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Not, I'm not gonna lie. Well, let's do. Like let's do a, a yes, yes, no. What do you think that CSP is? Perfect. 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 Explain. Explain um, to me what so, you think that CSP is. So what I think CSP is, and I'm looking at the screenshot <laughs> of the uh, Sansec thing here with the uh, code screenshot. Uh, what I, th- what I assume, I assume it is, is that like some policy around, um, what domains JavaScript will run off of by default yeah. or whatever. So if I have, uh, yeah, pretty okay. close. You're pretty close. Yeah. That's, that's, that's that exactly. And there's yeah. like, you know, varying levels of a string of stringency on, on that. That's, that's exactly, that's right. pre- that's pretty close. Um, and well, what do yeah. you know? Frickin' nailed it right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, it, for whatever dumb reason, CSP is a... I mean, it's a moving target because stuff changes all the time, right? Like, um, JavaScript domains change all the time depending on how like how you ratchet it, uh, how, how tightly you ratchet down the permissions. Like, 301 redirects to... Like, forwards to other domains to handle that, that pass-through redirect, like, might get thrown out. Um those are all, you know, right. those are all valid sort of concerns. Um, in in running CSP, it's like a moving target. Well, uh, there was a uh, uh, <laughs> a novel uh, CSP uh, uh, workaround that's been discovered, in that someone found a way to abuse, I believe, Google Tag Managers, um, the, the way that it writes uh, and reads from, like they could. They could use first-party JavaScript from your domain to effectively bypass CSP to run arbitrary code from Google's Tag Manager, and it's completely legitimate. Right, like from a fire, basically from a Firebase, and it's completely legitimate uh, in the way that it. And basically, anyway, content security policy is dead, so um, we have no control. So then, yeah. So then, um, there was a there was a thread with uh, with Sansec. I, I assume is Willem is yep. replying there, and then James Etlin popped in and was asking if this is assuming that the default source or script source um, tags include star.google.com, which uh, would, would would essentially need to be set that way in order for basically any subdomain of Google to. In, in order for any uh, subdomain of Google to be whitelisted, right? And so then, uh, basically, the I guess the I guess the recommended setup um, 
is that, and this is what James pointed out, is that you do not have startup.google.com whitelisted, um, but it's that uh, you have some other like more strict uh, policy. But then like I asked Willem, I was like, so like how common is that? Because basically Willem's point was like, it's insanely common for it to be set up this way with the wild card that'll get right. you in trouble. Correct. And then he pulled, yeah. And then so he pulled up um, like a list. Um, this is a cool site, public www.com, where you basically can run, like, you can basically like grep uh, a, baj- a, ba- a bunch of websites. A bajillion, so, a literal a bajillion. bajillion. Mitchell Cowley in the bajillion. chat uh, saying, you know, it. <laughs> He just finished getting CSP onto his website. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> sorry. And so, and so <laughs> exercise in futility, uh, Mitchell. Um, yeah. Well, no, but I mean, if you do set it up and then you, and then you do purpose, you know, set it up with a more strict policy, then you're golden basically. But, but, but Will's point is like roughly half a billion websites do not have it set up this correct way and like like 14,000 uh, roughly 15,000 do so it, it's like yeah it's not technically dead but for all intents and purposes it's like sort of dead you know yeah uh so what what i'm i'm showing it on the screen right now you can't see it um i'm actually showing the sansec article about it and the announcement that uh the digital skimmer runs entirely in google you know like it's a uh, Cool. Um, hi, hi, Joseph. <laughs> Welcome to the chat. Uh, this is a this is a problem, and you know you have to sort of credit. I I don't like if if there's anything that we can uh, be a little bit proud of in the Magento community is that the mage uh, mage cart is what popularized skimmers, and uh, I think we should all be very proud of that. Um. Yeah, I've lost your audio. He's like, yeah, you lost my audio. Oh yeah, you got you're, you're there. You're just quiet. Oh really? Okay. Oh, there you go. There you um, go. Is that normal? That's okay. better. That's better. Well, yeah, you're never like normal. But all of these like cl- as close to normal as humanly possible. <laughs> like all of these like advanced like like uh, all these advanced hacking threats out of Russia. What's what's the term? Advanced. Uh, I can't remember. What's the term for like a advanced uh, security threat? They're all uh, uh, Kalen Jordan is an advanced security threat. What's the word? What's the oh advanced persistent threat APT? That's a such a great. Is that a, a is that a thing? thing? Yeah, it's a yeah. It's basically an advanced persistent threat is basically like. Okay, a stealthy computer network threat actor, typically a nation state or state sponsored group. So basically it's like you've got your like script kitties, you know, working out of a basement. You've got your like this is like the like high It's up the next the level up. Like, it's the next level up. Yeah. It, yeah, so like all of these like Great. advanced persistent threats in e-commerce security got their start in the Magento community. So we can have uh we can have some 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 pride around that, right? You know, we we're we're kingmakers. You know, we're kingmakers. We've we've done our best to, you know, help the rest of the 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 world of uh, zero days, you know, prove out there and and gain their chops. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've uh, we've allowed. To, uh, what's the other phrase I'm looking for? Chew your teeth, sharpen your teeth, sharp. Uh, Chew your teeth. That's the episode (laughs) title. Just chew your teeth. Um, You you know, what's interesting is, so I love, I love, this is like how, this is the, the difference of the developer set from everybody else uh, is basically like James Zetlin pops in a wild Zetlin appears in this uh, Twitter thread and says, well, doesn't this assume that, Default source or script source includes, you know, star.google.com. And it's like, well, yeah, that's also, by the way, what Google recommends if you don't want to have an extremely bad time whitelisting literally everything. Um, I don't know. What say you, what say you, Kaylin? Is that it? What is, is there a problem with the developer mindset of saying, well, it's not broke on my machine? Like that's no, that's not the right analogy here. Um, 
I think that is. I think that's a pretty close to it. It's a, like it's not broken on fourteen thousand machines, you know, and right. maybe broken on half a bajillion. Half a bajillion. But like, yeah, like according to like, yeah, but like so, it, yeah, you're tr- you're right. It's like yeah, according to the way it's theoretic, like it's like what's happening in the real world versus what's theoretically the way it's supposed to happen. I think is a scenario you can run into a lot, and like Willem is very much. You know, he builds these tools to find out what's happening in the real world. You know, like, okay, everybody should be on whatever version of Magento and that's what people should be doing, right? But like, what are people actually doing? And yeah. that's what I love about, you know, what Willem does. And and like, you know, it's 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 amazing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I get now, is this kind of, I mean, like, so obviously if you host your own site, you're going to be vulnerable to this. If you're on a third party, if you're on a SaaS, mm. would you be vulnerable to this or no? Because they would just probably... Well, I think SaaS, you manage content just... security policy on your own in like an HT access or in some sort of a... In some way, uh, it's a header. It's a header policy uh, that you send along in, in header responses. So um, you manage it. I mean, it could be managed... Sure. I, I'm sure there are CSP management tools that exist that I'm not aware of. Uh, yeah. Max Chadwick is sort of the resident expert on CSP um, at uh, Something Digital, someone we should probably bring in uh, to to answer questions like this. Uh, but, you know, we don't do that sort of thing because we, we, we don't really value accuracy so much as, um, you know, fear-mongering, <laughs> so to speak. I liked, I liked how... I liked Ben's terminology he came up with, which was time to get something wrong. Like T, he came up with a whole acronym yeah, for it. I mean, if, if I love Ben G-S-W. and I know Ben loves us, but you know, uh, you know, when you stand on a, a tall stage, um, you know, you have uh, a lot of people that pay attention, you, you know, and you get something wrong every now and then and you have a lot of people that can hear it and find out. Unfortunately, you know, um, you know, we get things wrong from time to time. I'd rather be, you know, I'd rather, uh, good thing that I'm not afraid of that. I'm, I'm pretty good at being wrong. Right. Speaking of getting things wrong from time to time. Um, <laughs> what's this whole Carly thing about, man? I'm seeing this all over the what world. What do you mean getting web. things I'm wrong? On, what does that mean? I'm seeing it on GQ.com. Yeah. What the heck is this thing, man? You're all over the dude. I like any, like any good. Like any good Twitter citizen, and like any good Twitizen, um, I have not actually read your brilliant long form think piece. Oh, thank you. Multiple think pieces on you're like published in multiple places. And I've just I've read the headlines, I've seen the acronym that you've created and like created into existence and like is being used all over the place. So like give me the TLD, give me the TLDR on this. The the TLDR, TLDW. Uh, I'm going to turn your video off for one second because it's uh, it's misbehaving, um, and then I'll turn it back on. Um, all right, Son so of a God. it's not. I don't know if it's you. I think my kids are streaming 4K on like 75 different machines at the moment. Who knows? Um, yeah, that didn't fix right. it. So maybe it is you. So Carly. So there was this idea uh, that floated around. It's not a new idea. There was this. Uh, I forget where the origin was. There was an economics journal where there was a piece that was written in 2003 about an emerging consumer. And they gave it an acronym called HENRY, which is uh, high earner, not rich yet, is what it stood for. Mm-hmm. And this uh, mm-hmm. this particular acronym caught on very recently, uh, although it's been around for a long time. And the original creator of it, um, you know, as an economist, sort of used it as a, a bridge to talk about you know the the buying preferences of a a person who has a lot of disposable income. So 2PM and and Webb Smith sort of popularized this with a bunch of pieces that they wrote last year. Um, it caught on. A lot of people wrote a lot of pieces around Henry, and I felt like in in the world that we sort of live in, like everybody wants to talk about luxury. Everybody wants to talk about these, you know, uh, people that buy Rolexes, but also buy away luggage when they could afford something more premium than away. Um, and, and, you know, I thought that that was sort of interesting and novel, uh, man, your video gets worse and worse. It's just getting slow. <laughs> you look like, you look like you got just, smeared, you know, that, that, <laughs> you know, that like, um, you ever see that, that woman that tried to like 
fix a, a painting of Jesus, like a fresco, and it got like all mangled. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what your video looks yeah, like yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. This is actually timely because there's a lot of stuff going around in the news and on Twitter recently related to like pixelated images and like. <laughs> yeah, like I saw that so too. Is, I saw that too. This is very timely. Yeah. So th- yeah. Yeah. yeah then, then there's your your picture where you look like you got stabbed in the eye. Your, 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 oh yeah, this pixelated. one. It's like I look like this. It yeah, was like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the real stabby looking picture. <laughs> I'm gonna throw you out, um, and then I'm gonna bring you back in. So uh, I'll keep talking in the meantime. Cool. It's it'll be fine. We're gonna be okay. Uh, while we're bringing Kalen back. Uh, okay, so yeah, so this idea of Henry and you know Henry, it's whether Henry is actually a thing or not, or Henry actually exists is you know neither here nor there. Um, the thing that <laughs> here's the Skype song. Um, uh, hey, that's better. All right. But, uh, well, we'll have to do it again at some point, I'm sure. Um, it just slowly gets worse over time. Uh, whether Henry exists or not is neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. Uh, the fact that people talk about Henry is the thing that I think matters uh, because I think there's always a subset of people who have more money than they need and spend more money than they should. Um, so I started thinking, like, what's the opposite of that? Like, what is the opposite of that person? And so, so. So, so you've lost me already. That's okay. How, that's how bad this is. So high earner, not rich yet. Correct. So they, they make good money, but they spend it all, basically. Uh, they they make... random nonsense. Sure. That's, I, that's okay. fair. That's fair. I think right. it's, it goes deeper than that, but let's that, leave it at that. That's that good. Is a, that's, that is a proper TLDR. I don't know if you know what a TLDR <laughs> is. If you've ever come across I'll this. give you the TLDR on Carly, but it wouldn't make sense if you didn't have the... If I didn't set like, the table for you on you're Henry. Like, dude, you're like, dude, the TLDR is literally just the acronym, right? I got it's it. Like, I got it. I got it. I got it. So Henry... Uh, to understand Carly, you had to sort of understand Henry and sort of why it matters. So for me, uh, I started thinking about what is the opposite of that consumer? Somebody who has some money, but probably not money that they made themselves or has money to spend. But the only reason they have money to spend is because they don't have real expenses yet, right? They're much younger. Uh, they haven't come through their pro- professional career development yet. Uh, or they're just getting started. Okay. Um, they're probably in school or getting ready to go to, you know, uh, uh, you know, university. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be fitting if it's high earner, not rich yet is the acronym. Then what about can't afford real life yet? Right. This person doesn't have real life expenses. What do they, how do they purchase or how do they think about it's a great acronym? Thank it's you very fantastic much. Acronym. Yeah. So I yeah. wrote a piece uh, in December for Future Commerce about this. It's like a 3,000 word, you know, opus on this consumer. And it was inspired by seeing, you know, kids lined up at the mall at for the Crocs store to open to, to buy some Crocs. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that post. Yeah. And that was that was sort of the the start of our Generation Z research that we started at Future Commerce. We had a number of podcasts about it. I've done quite a few talks on it. In fact, I did a talk about Generation Z and Carly at Magento Connect, uh, which was the Magento Association event that we did um, two, three weeks ago. I spoke on that session. Only 40 people came out of a thousand. So that was cool. Um, mm. But I, I, I feel like the, the thing that we need is to be thinking about less about the... Uh, there is a... a type of a person in our ecosystem, I think, who would value understanding how a consumer, like a potential customer thinks and what they prize or value so that they can create a site experience that me is meaningful to them. And so Carly can't afford real life yet. Uh, we'll post up in the show notes. I have a, an hour long session I did for MA Connect that you can watch and, and read back and listen back. But we put out this piece. It was one... One small part of that was Carly. Uh, this piece was called Nine by Nine, and it's a research report that we put out um, that really talks about like nine. You're turning this into a, you're turning this into a webinar. You wanted to know why I was in GQ. I'm telling you why I was in GQ. Um, okay. All so, right. all right, you're bored already. Fine. Anyway, I, a report that we published, <laughs> a report that we published, got picked up by GQ and uh, WWD, but, which right. is uh, I thought was a wrestling channel, but it's actually a, a Women's Wear Daily, um, and uh, and will be featured next week in Retail Touchpoints. And then fa- I found out yesterday I was on BuzzFeed, um, 
I saw that. Which was totally random. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. So yeah, it's it's so, making a little bit of a mark in in so, the world. Yeah, it's wild. So can't afford real life yet. It's like they have, like you're saying, they're in school or maybe they have some money from their parents kind of thing, Generation Z. Right. Um, and so like, 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 so you're saying like, like, how can you design websites for them? Like, like what's an example? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like ex- explain to me like I'm five, like what's a website like UI pattern or something like that. This is a, this is amazing. I think it's less about the, well, it can be about the design. Um, I think that is part of it. Uh, I can actually, whatever. Yeah. 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 So I, I think at, at the core, it's like the products and the brand matters a whole lot. Um, so you have to stand for something. It's not enough to just have, you know, you know, underwear. It's got to be like inclusive gender neutral underwear. <laughs> like, it has to be, okay. you know, you have all to right. have, you have to have a sustainability um, angle. And I think that those are all things that are very important to this particular type of a shopper. Um, and so the way that you, um, like this was, there was some interesting research um, that we performed at Something Digital, which we found that across all all. B2C sites that we had, um, if a customer in their decision-making process during like their purchase journey went through the about page, right? So they're, they're mm-hmm. considering to buy something. They went through the about page. They were 70% more likely to purchase again. So meaning... That's interesting. If you... Like they care about... The, right, like the story of the. If of you the found that you had a shared value system and going, like you have things that you like shared ideologies, shared value systems, like there's an overlap or an intersection of the things you care about as a person with the things that this brand says that they care about. That means that you are far more likely to purchase again if you purchase once. And I, yeah, like this, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, yeah. Like um, this, yeah, like this that ties in a lot to like how I feel about like hey.com and like Basecamp, you know? It's like <laughs> Here we go again. But yes, um uh, you're right. Here we go. But you're yeah. correct. Yeah, you're correct. No, like that's yeah, that's like for me it's like there's something that I identify with about them, about the founders or at least one of the founders and like <laughs> who they are, what they stand for Which one? that I like that I care about, you know? <laughs> right if that's not if that's not obvious but um if i could sort of paint a um if i could paint like a picture since i have the ability to uh show my screen i I, from the slideshow that i did um uh i'm I'm showing a you can't see it you'll have to watch on the youtube um which will murder your bandwidth so um but you know where millennials bandwidth it's there's this weird there's this weird audio thing where it takes over my you know what I need to do is I need to just get a hard wire for my audio. That would help, my, uh, I think. Headset, it, I think that that would help. I think it would. Um, it's such an annoying bug. Yeah, it's super weird. Well, just to tie the knot on this so that we can stop talking about it. Um, because I'm very excited that I was in GQ. And I'm very excited that I was in, you know, uh, uh, on BuzzFeed. But nobody else cares. And that's fine. It's amazing, dude. Well, thank no, you. It's, it's amazing. I appreciate it's that. It's totally amazing. I also appreciate awesome. that people kind of get sick of the like the constant um, you know, self-promotion. But I think that there's an interesting thing happening here. No, oh, you're not gonna be able to see. No, I here mean, we go. I think it's maybe we could see awesome. it better here. I don't know. Uh, long story short, like there's like if you were gonna say millennials versus Gen Z, there's like millennials are idealists, Gen Z are realists. Right. So that's why we have cancel cultures because millennials think everybody should fit to their ideals. And Generation Z is like, nah, you know, I'm just going to do me and you like, whatever. <laughs> um, and millennials like Generation Z. Yeah. Is so Generation Z is not, is not behind all that, all the cancel cultures. I don't think I so. That was no, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think, I think it's less gives about me hope for the future. I think it's, I think in, in reality, there's a, like an undercurrent. So this is what our research is showing at Future Commerce. Like now that we're, we have a research arm, um, and doing broad consumer research, the things that we're finding is, uh, you know, is they have a very entrepreneurial spirit. They, you know, while they love activism and they champion Greta Thunberg and they champion, uh, Black Lives Matter and they champion Malala Yousafzai. Um, they also follow Gary V and Neil Patel and they're like, you know, I'm going to go get mine. Millennials, you were poor. 
uh, and millennials, you know, is sort of like this competitive nature against the previous generation, which was disadvantaged by the 2008 economic uh, downturn. They're like, I'm going to go get mine and I'm going to be more successful than you because I have something to prove. And I think that that current runs deep in like trying to be the anti-millennial. Millennials want to cancel you. Uh, well, we're going to, we're going to find ways to try to bring you in under the tent. And I think we're seeing a bunch of clashes with that in a lot of like, in a lot of culture at the moment. Uh, it's very telling that friends, the TV show and the office are beloved by the under 15 set. Um, 15 to 25 are the largest consumers of those two TV shows. And they're both very culturally inappropriate. They both existed and were created in a time. So true. Yeah. Like, like we, we watched back the office recently Yep, and it was, it was like, Whoa, it was like, you can't do, you can't do this. That show could never be made today. Like the friends could never be made today. Um, and I think it also kind of harkens back to a time that they didn't really live in where life was a little simpler and things were a little easier. Um, you know, anyway, long story short, like I, I think it's, it's less about, you know, the hair. I have a fly in here. What the heck? Dude, I think I had a fly in my place last week. We got a de- definitive <laughs> and you had fly. Thing. Someone was talking about your upper pecs. Like, were you doing some oh, incline yeah, presses? I heard that the other day. That was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been. I've been. I. I really don't intentionally do the video with the tank top on thing. You know. You like, don't. Like, you mean I, you just accidentally trip and fall on the record button? It gets hit and. Dude, the, here's the thing with video clips, man. When the inspiration strikes. You got to hit that record button, you know, <laughs> sometimes you just have a friggin' tank top on. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, but anyways, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. Al, your boy, Alex <laughs> gave me some, some props for that. That was cool. Uh, uh, love Alex. It's been too long since I caught up with Alex. Um, it's, it's been a minute. I don't know. Is he like, not doing the, uh, Outreach for future commerce. You know, he got he got really heads down uh, over at Best Worlds, and he was crushing it big time over there. And um, but we're all BFFs, you know. We we we're all thick. We thick as thieves. We go back a long way. Let's face it, Magento can be a beast to run in the cloud. And that's why Stratus by MageMojo is hosting Evolved. Say goodbye to dedicated DevOps teams and complex cloud architecture. With Stratus, you get a rock-solid architecture that's built on Amazon AWS and true cloud auto-scale. Never worry about capacity planning ever again with the full power of AWS that's behind your site. Backed by Magento Cloud Architecture Geniuses at MageMojo on technologies like ECS, Kubernetes, Aurora, and also a 15-minute SLA that's the fastest in the entire industry, you can be sure that your site is in good hands with Stratus. Give it a try today, and we know you won't be disappointed. Head over to magemojo.com slash magetalk and get started. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O dot com slash magetalk. Thanks again to MageMojo for the continued support of MageTalk. MageTalk is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex is a Magento premier partner, providing cloud and on-premise solutions that can be tailored to specific industries for every major line of tax, including sales and use, income, value added, and payroll. Vertex Cloud is the SaaS solution that automates sales and use tax, including calculation and returns. With multiple service levels and flexible pricing models, Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes, from recognizable brands like Honda, Pepsi, and Verizon to small businesses the world over. Find out more today at vertexsmb.com and be sure to mention Mage Talk to get 15 months for the price of 12. Once again, that's vertexsmb.com. It's a really interesting, it's just a very interesting time right now. There's a lot going on in the world. And, um, a lot going on. A I, lot I, f- going on. I find it really interesting. Everyone's talking about economic slowdown, by the way. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're, if you're beginning to see it. I think you have sort of a leading indicator in your business of hiring, right? And, um, and you know, right. e-commerce might be, you know, I'm bullish on e-commerce right now. But I, I tend yeah. to wonder... People are going to spend money, right? 
they're not going to not spend money. You're going to buy groceries, right? Mm. Some people will buy a PS5, whether they should or could not afford it this year. They will buy an Xbox Series X. Like, they, People are going to spend money on things in 2020, regardless of what the economy looks like. I think the trick is how do you how do you set the table if so to speak or like how do you make the environment favorable that they'll spend money with you that they find it valuable to spend money with you on your company and your brand that's the thing i mm-hmm. want to figure out right that's why i talk about the stuff i talk about it's like i used to solve those problems with code but i realized one day over or over s- series of moments like in in over a couple of years that not all problems can be solved with code I think that if mm-hmm. you're a developer, you might think that, but I don't believe that to be true. Um, sellout, man. Corporate sellout. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a corporate sellout. Yeah, that's fine. I'll um, take it. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, like talk to me a little bit more about this. I like I I thought that tweet caught my attention. I didn't think it caught my attention. It did catch my attention. Where you were saying the primary benefit of the e-com agency space is being in the know about corporate retail strategy 12 to 18 months ahead of time. Um I thought that was. I thought flush that out. Let's 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 double click on that. <laughs> Shut up. Let's, 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 let's double let's double, double click on double that. Double tap. Quick. You got to double tap that. Um, double tap. I mean, I mean, you this don't. This is the don't, new format of the podcast, by the way. I ask you questions about your tweets, and then you take seventeen minutes to respond. To this each is one. why we have three live viewers now. That's the problem. You've 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 completely you've nailed it. Hey. Yeah. We're going to keep doing it until the people realize how amazing this content is. It's actually, I think it's great content. Uh, and we've stepped up our production game. I mean, come on, people. This is yeah. good stuff. Yeah, we I want to know, do, do people like this, like the bars? Do you like the bars? I, I, I have the bars on the top and bottom that like sort of add the brand in a little bit. I don't know. I kind of like the bars. Joseph, do you like the bars? Mitchell, do you like the I'm bars? Gonna- I'm gonna have a hard connection next time, so I can uh, actually see. So you can YouTube see it at video. the same time. Yeah, that would be nice. Because I did get a brand new computer, so I have the. Uh, I can actually use my browser now while live streaming. All right, hold on. Sweet. Let's double tap on that. What computer did you get? So I got a Mac Mini. My um, my MacBook, my trusty MacBook Pro, which I had. It was a refurbished 2013, and I had it since 2014, about six years. Generated at least a couple million on that bad boy, yeah. and uh, it it uh, it it. So it was getting slow. It was heating up a lot, and I was thinking about getting a new computer, but I was like, ah, it's fine, whatever. And then, like, what day was it? Like Saturday, it just died. It just wouldn't turn on anymore. And so I picked up a, a mini the next day, and uh, I've been been using it ever since. So it's I uh, I, I wonder, and I don't I and no. I wonder if there is a throttling that happens on the Mac mini for energy or heat that Mm -hmm. causes the camera band, like the, the camera frame rate and the quality to drop. I don't. So the bandwidth has been a little bit like I have a Google mesh thing pretty close by, but I am outside, you know, in my backyard in the shed. Yeah. So, I've noticed the bandwidth can vary a little bit, but um, but it's I don't know what that is. I might need to just get another mesh thing and put it closer. But a lot of times it's fine, but it does get low sometimes. I have noticed that a few times, not before I got the mini. Right. So I think that's what it is. But I'll have to I'll have to figure that out for next week. Next week we're getting a new Google Mesh thingy, and then a hard link on the thing. It's gonna be <laughs> a lit, new Google dude. Mesh thingy and a hard link on the thing. And a, and a hard link on the thing. A hard link lit. on the thing. That's what I'm talking it's gonna about. It's going to be lit. It's going to, you know, I saw a new word for, for, for in this progression of like lit fire, yeah. which was flames. It's, it's flames. It's, fl- is okay. That, the, is that it's, the newest one? That's it's the newest flames. One, it? You can also say that slaps. That's a thing that yes, they say. I've, I've, I've seen that. I've that seen slaps. That. You're, you can also say yeet. Which is what yeah, I yeah. No, let's. Uh, it's, it's, that's enough. That's enough. Uh, you should have. You should have stopped at slaps. All right, you, went, you, you went too far. I, I didn't do all that. Uh, the agency space. Talking about the agency space. You know, we 
for all of the people that say they they refuse to work on RFPs, um, when you get an RFP, that's your competitive advantage is working on RFPs. Is, is you know having enough self loathing and uh, and patience to you know go out and actually answer an RFP and go through that whole rigmarole. Um, it takes. I, I think I had. I might have responded to you, or I started to respond to you and lost the interest. I <laughs> but like having, you know, deal cycles for large builds for the you know the kind of e-commerce that you see that people you know that win awards. Um, those things aren't built in ten days. Sorry, Magento, and sorry, Andrea Ward. Um, You're still on this ten day thing, man. I, that ten day. Thing I'll never. Like, I will never forgive them for ago. it. I will never forgive yeah. them. Um, but the kind of sites that win awards, um, and like the kind of sites I think that change the language of e-commerce or create like new ways of engaging with customers are made, you know, over time. And so, you know, it, it, it might take six months just to get to win the build. It might take two months of just discovery and design. It might take six months to build it. And then another two or three months just to like get it stable so right. we have, while shopping RFPs, while answering RFPs, you know from a corporation what their 24-month, like what they are going to be doing in two years. You know it. Right. You know what their, what their plans are. You can see into the future. And in many right. ways, you can tell them, like you can answer them and tell them, this is what you should be trying to do with your time and effort and money. And so yeah. you can sort of predict the future. And so in the agency space... You know, the only other the only other folks who have their ear to the ground and that close to innovation are the folks funding it. So if it's not corporate innovation, like you're talking VC and private equity are the ones that are putting money into like they're the only ones who who have who have the jump on the agency space on what what they will be building towards or what they're going to be putting money into. It's a right. superpower. Being in agency nice. space is a superpower. Nice, nice. I'm bored already of this topic. All right, God. sorry. This is this is. Why this are you is, doing this yeah. to me today? Mitchell Cowie says he's weirdly in love with slaps, and it resonates with him. So, uh, yeah. Nice. I, yeah. Um, no, it's it's super cool. Um, no, it's not. You hate it, I and <laughs> come up with your own. I keep teeing questions up for you, and then you're like, "Nah, I don't know." Yeah, I want to talk about homeschooling. Can we talk about homeschooling? I do want to talk about homeschooling. Where did this so, come from, by the way? So this came... So there's a company called Primer, um, which uh, launched recently. It's like a homeschool with superpowers. It's like a... It's basically a homeschooling like software. And the idea... It's it's really interesting. I, I saw it. It's like a Silicon Valley deal. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a unicorn probably. But um, uh, where was I going with that? Meaning they, a billion dollar company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think there was a... Oh, okay. Here we go. So the, the founder, uh, Ryan Delk, posted a tweet. Um, they're working on some long-form interviews with folks who were homeschooled and are now doing interesting work as adults. And they posted one of them with a really great-looking illustration. Like really... Just really... It looks like a really well done... Yeah. Um, it, it, looks, it looks very good. Yeah. And just like, it's just cool. Like everything they're doing just looks great. Like I, I think they're going to create a really um, a transformative product uh, for, 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 for homeschooling. And I think that, you know, homeschooling is kind of on this up uptick is kind of on this um, growth curve with all the COVID stuff and whatnot. And even before that, I think it was something that had been growing um, uh, we're a part of that. Like we're like one of those weird, um, families that decided to homeschool. And, you know, I know you've talked about that a little bit in the past and like you, you, you replied to this tweet and you, know, you mentioned yeah. that you said, you know, your homeschooling journey left you with some emotional trauma that you face eventually face in your late thirties. I know you've talked about that a few times about how like it, you, like, like, I, like it's I, whenever you talk about homeschooling, it's as a negative um, cause I, cause <laughs> I, right. Like you've, I've noticed you've done that a few times and I never really have double tapped on it because, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know, like, it, I don't know, like it's, I, I don't know, but, but I think, uh, it'd be, it's where it's, in, it's, it's, 
worth talking about. And, you know, homeschooling is kind of more of a mainstream, like top, like newsworthy topic these days yeah. because of what's happening in the world. And essentially every, almost everybody is doing some form of homeschooling. And will be. And, and if I had to predict, will, will be, be, right? Distance learning will be a thing. We call it distance learning down here. Uh, that will be a thing that I think will be a mainstay or a part of education probably for 20 years. I think we're like, it's going to be hard to put that genie back in the bottle, if you, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it is a negative thing. I, I think for me, it was. Um, I, I would say that I'm successful despite having been homeschooled. Um, right. And... Uh, it's funny because, you know, you, you kind of make decisions, you make decisions as like, we make decisions as a family, like thinking about, you know, how, how we do things. Uh, I have an eight, nine year old. We include them in conversations around, I don't know, all kinds of things. Like we, we help them make, but ultimately like I make the decision for my kid. And I think one of the things that was really difficult is early on, I decided, or we as a family had had a conversation when I was in fifth grade, um, to do homeschooling. And, uh, my parents sat us down and we made a, we quote, made a decision as a family, but my parents had already made the decision, right? Like right, right, I, right, we got right. talked into it. And right. when I said I didn't like it and I, I wanted to change, it was no longer up to me. And it was like, well, you said that you would do this. And I, I felt like I resented that for the five years that we did homeschool and my parents did not have the bandwidth. Um, life changed, finances changed, business got difficult. Um, both of my parents were, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and, you know, my mom was a baker and they just weren't there and present enough to make it successful. And I effectively taught myself. Um, and to And it wouldn't have been so bad had our... Uh, had the group that we were with that was accredited that, you know, was supposed to have like put the stamp of approval on the things we were doing as like for the state of Florida, um, had they not lost their accreditation, which null and voided my freshman and sophomore year of high school. So when I did eventually mainstream back in junior year, I had to retake all of my midterm and final exams for my freshman and sophomore year. Oh, God. That's while really. I was in my junior year and I wound up making a mad dash for, you know, for my graduation date by taking summer school, summer night school. Now it taught me hustle and it taught me to like succeed despite, you know, adversity. But is that the thing you want your 17, 16 and 17 year old to have crushing like right. world ending want, like wanna, anxiety over? Probably not. Yeah. Right. You want to set your kids up for success. You don't want to, right. yeah, like you, you totally, you don't want them to succeed in, in spite. Of, it's so funny you use that word, because, uh, that language, because I felt like probably my wife and I succeeded in spite of being in not the greatest public schools, like a mm. lot of, lot of like craziness, like fights and, you know, shootings and things like that. And like, um, like just like, just not the greatest learning environment. Like, you know, you get into like the, the, uh, what are they called? The AP class, like you get into the advanced classes and there's like a, a subset of the school that's like serious about education and stuff. But even sure. then there's only like, like a portion of your time in school where you're actually learning. Like the rest of the time is just nonsense, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think everybody has different experiences and and I think it's it's cool that you're you know like brutally honest about what it was for you and I think that's one of the things I think we, we want to try to be sensitive to is if the, if there does come like I was talking to my wife about a friend whose kids want to go to um, public school for high school and I think um, you know that's one of the things we got to be sensitive to is if they do change their mind you know Maybe, yeah, you have your own belief on it, your own ph philosophy, and you might push them or try to nudge them. But there does have to come a point where if they do want to go a direction, you probably got to support that. Otherwise, yeah, like I'm saying, you know, there'd be a lot of resentment. And it's going to be, listen, everybody's situation is different. And I'm not saying my situation is everybody's situation. I had a, I had a, a bad experience with it. My sister, who, you know, was in the same room as me doing homeschool for mm. five years. 
she has a very different outlook on it. <laughs> it's like her oh, experience okay. was very different and she doesn't resent it and she doesn't feel like, but she also wasn't, you know, forced, you know, at, uh, to, she almost wasn't held back, you know, two years and, you know, she had to be right. with her. I had to retake, you know, sophomore biology with her. Uh, and that was a little humiliating being a senior in her, you know, sophomore class. Like there was, I went through it. I had a very different experience, even though we kind of went through it together and everybody has their own thing. I, I don't fault anybody for liking or wanting to do homeschool. And I think it can be really efficient. I do think that there's things that happen between the learning moments that are necessary for kids to develop, like learning to interact with other people is learning but it's not necessarily like planned uh, syllabus, you know, lesson plan learning. You learn social behavior and, and that, can, that can also be a good and a bad thing. I, I just think that it's not just about the information being communicated. Uh, there's something deeper. And I'm really excited to see what Ryan builds um, over on Primer. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I love this kind of content that sort of challenges my own points of view. Um, I really want to be challenged in that, in that way. And I'll, I'll say this ties into Magento in that I opened up. They the, didn't think we could tie it in. We tied it in. Watch this baby. Uh, do you remember you and I were sitting at Starbucks in, in, uh, Austin, Texas yeah. and, um, Sherry tweets me and says, uh, you're supposed to be on in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You, you yep. remember that? And I I think we had maybe been talking about some of this stuff when we were like hanging out that week and at Mage Titans in 2016, I think, uh, 20, no, 2017, it was 17. And I was the keynote speaker and we walked back over and I kind of just felt very strongly on the walk back over to the venue. uh, I'm going to throw out my deck. Like I'm just going to riff. I'm going to go up and I'm going to, it's going to be a sermon. I'm going to talk about and open up like about the things that I'm like, that I'm sort of ashamed of is that like, I don't deserve to be a developer. I don't deserve to be a programmer. I don't deserve anyone to like think highly of me because I don't have pedigree. Like I'm not a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't come from anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then like one of your things in your li- like lists of like failures would be like, and I was homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, ah, oh, like, what? like, ah, oh, why does it have to be a negative? You know? <laughs> like, and well, I never communicated that, you know, to you. Like, yeah that you know but but i get it like it you know it was like for you it's you funny know? our our community's full of folks um i think there's a like it's full of folks that have been homeschooled yeah there's a ton of them i couldn't name yeah. one of them right now but i know they exist yeah there was a there was a great post by nathan barry um who's the founder of uh convert kit um oh really so wildly successful um, piece of software and a um, little bit successful, a little bit, a little hundred million dollar business. And, um, yeah, he wrote a post how homeschooling played a key role in building a hundred million dollar business. And it's cool. Like he had, you know, he's one of these people that had a great experience, like getting homeschooled. And he just talks about like, you know, like the entrepreneurial aspects of it and whatnot. And, um, yeah, like, uh, then I think they're homeschooling their three kids um, that's no, cool. Private school, half homeschool, whatever. But yeah, it's it's always it's neat. It's one of those things. It's neat to see examples of it because there there is this narrative that like homeschooling is weird and people aren't so you know people don't get socialized and stuff like that. And they, and I'm sure there is a, a a portion of the homeschooling community that is like that. But there's also like a lot of really cool people like and and for some reason it's. It's uh, it doesn't get surfaced up. I don't know. I don't know exactly why. And, and and that's one of the things that made me think that 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 series that Primer's doing, interviewing people that were homeschooled, um, is so cool because um, I think it's like a miss. It's like a it's like a gap in like content. I think it is. I think you're right. And and I think that we'll we'll be more open to these. We'll be more open to a cultural shift in like how children are taught um and the environment in which they're taught due to the current situation with covid i like that is going to have to shift it's going to have to change i don't think that anybody like it is june 24th and we have you know 
the highest daily cases of coronavirus in the state of Florida than we have ever had. And we are six weeks away from reopening schools. <laughs> right. I, yeah. How? Wow. I don't, I don't think that like I, we haven't really decided how we don't even have a plan. There's no plan. The school board hasn't put out a plan in Palm Beach County. I like we're going to have to adapt. And part of that is homeschool. I think it's, it's, a thing that we're all just going to have to, and, and it might look different. Not everybody can stay home with their kids forever. I, that is going to be a harsh reality. And I, I know a, n- a number of friends who are talking about like sharing days and like sending their kids over to someone else's house for, you know, like doing more at home or like, uh, uh, putting, putting, you know, a few families together to share the load around, yeah. uh, so yeah. that, and I think that that's um, a very human thing. Like we we should band together for like that's a thing that we will that will totally. do really I mean, well. And and I think that once when you get into homeschooling, that's one of the first things you realize is you got to be involved in some kind of a group. Like we're in a co-op um, where you get together on a weekly basis, and there's lots of different types of those organizations that you can join in groups and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, I mean, in my opinion, that's a that's a must. That's a necessary component. Um, of homeschooling is to be in some, some sort of a group where you can. Well, it's um, accountability, push. right? It helps. There's accountability. There's there's friendship, socializing. Like you gotta, you have to have all those components. It's just, in my opinion, homeschooling is all about um, being able to create all those and sort of. It's it's almost like in a way like building an open source project. Like you get to pick what you're going to use for caching. You get to pick what you're going to use for. Wow, um, he brought it you know, together. He did it. I brought I brought it together. You get to pick your your back end cache. You know. Yeah, I'm making a stank face. That's good. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because you got to get all those all those uh, components in there, um, and sometimes you might struggle with some of them, right? You might have a site that just has like no caching whatsoever, and you're like, "This isn't working so well." Like we need, you know, like you're not getting them enough socializing or whatever. Like you got to get that in there, get get some play dates in the rotation and stuff. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's great. I tell me a little bit about your experience. You said you went to. You were you yourself homeschooled at any point? No, you've asked me that like I think ten times. I'm sorry, uh, it's like I, I get no, confused because you've you've chosen to do it for your kids. So I, I, know. I yeah. know it makes right. sense. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we went to public. I went to public yeah. school. You just said that, which I just said that yeah. literally. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was you know, it was it was it, it, you know, it is what it is. Like it was cool. Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like you went to the. You went to the high school um, from uh, Dangerous Minds. Um, do you yeah, remember that? The, pretty much. Pretty the much, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer, um, where yeah, she like, yeah, you know. Leo. Yeah. 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 By the way, those movies have not aged well where it's like the 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 white lady from the city comes in to teach everybody how to like, you know. Right, be, right, so, right, 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 right. <laughs> the white savior. Yeah. Right. My gosh. Yeah. 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 yeah um, no, it's, yeah, but Super Coolio had a killer song in that. Remember that? Oh yeah, Gangsta's Paradise. Yeah, Gangsta's Paradise. Even my mama thinks that my mind is gone, but I'm as I go. I'm, I don't know, I'm, but we just got demonetized on YouTube, so it's there great. There you go. I love there it. Go. I love yeah, it. All that monetization. Yeah. Like we had so we we were making so much money up until that moment. Dude, we were making piles, <laughs> bags of money. <laughs> Man, I'm being told that know, the, they don't like the color blocks. I feel like I need to bring back the color blocks just to remind people that they're they're watching Mage Talk. Bring um, them back, dude. Bring them back. I don't know. They don't like the what's color blocks. These, what's up with these H-1B visas? Tell me about this because I know the story, but I, I feel like I kind of barely, I barely know. I, I honestly have, not, I've just completely headline read. I just saw some, <laughs> I saw a bunch of people tweeting about how um, the, uh, H1B visas were, were banned, I guess, temporarily to the end of the year, through the end of the year or something like that. And everybody's like, this is crazy. Like we need more H1Bs, not less. And, um, I definitely see that. I mean, it's like if somebody's hiring and, you know, it's like visas are such a mess. Like I think even, even if you do go the H1B visa route, it's like a lottery, yeah. you know, so don't like nobody, like, 
it's it's such a mess. Like like if you could make it easier um, to to hire that way, it would be huge for people. But but here's my here's my thing, dude. Here's my here's my perspective shift on it, right? Because I see a lot of companies that just hire people remotely, right, overseas or whatever. Sure. Right. So, okay. So like, so people can't come come as H one Bs. Like, just what if people just hire them remote? Problem solved. What say you? <laughs> yeah, mic drop. Uh, mic I drop. think that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, we had, we've had that situation at Something Digital where we've sponsored H one uh, for. Uh, you know, folks that were here for school that, you know, transitioned to, um, uh, you know, professional employment. And then, you know, in the political climate, the last three years, uh, just, it wasn't, them getting a renewal just wasn't going to happen. And we kept them on. It's like part of the, 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 the way that we've gotten good at being a remote uh, friendly company, because I was the first remote hire at something digital and everybody else was not remote. Um, but the way that we've gotten better at being a remote company is by having the, the relationships of people that had worked in the office, uh, continue those relationships when they've left the, left the physical building. And kind of, that's mm-hmm. been part mm-hmm. of the thing that's helped us transplant culture into remote work. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that we did that well before we had to, where, you know, all businesses just like are suddenly remote. I think that that's really tough to think, but you're mm-hmm. right. I, I listen, like, I, I don't know. This all kind of hits on a political narrative, I think, um, where it's, you know, whether you agree with it or not, the idea of immigration and the, uh, or like immigration is a, a key talking point of our our current uh, administration. Trade is a key talking point of yeah, our, I think. yeah, a little bit. So I think bit. that those, those talking points, like those things are, are, they all kind of fit into that narrative. In fact, there was a, you know, conversation recently about, um, you know, slowdown of testing uh, for COVID-19. And that whole conversation, you know, has sparked some action from the European Union uh, to prevent travel from the United States to the European Union based on our testing and our numbers and our methodologies around that. Um, Yeah. I feel like that fits the political narrative. It's like, let's double down on that because that fits the, the political. Uh, yeah, that's, that is the, the politics of the moment is to, uh, to be self-sustaining and not having to lean on the outside. Uh, ben, I think you're a little late here. He says your camera quality is less than stellar. Um, ben, for some reason it keeps degrading uh, and we dump Kalen out and then we bring him back and it looks awesome. And then it gets, worse over time. I don't know why. Yeah. I noticed my bandwidth went back up. It's like 15 megs right now. So you want, you want me to dump you one more time and bring you back? We could do that. Ah, we're, we're pretty much at, we're pretty much at the end of the show. (laughs) Ben rewind to the very beginning. And for at least two minutes, it looks awesome. It's going to be so much better next week. Y'all it's going to be amazing. It's It's going to be, be, you're going to go hardwired. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, uh, this is great. You want to take us home? Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in and, um, make sure to leave a review. On, uh, I've <laughs> They've done never done that. They've never done it. Make sure to leave a review. And if you, you know, listen, if you haven't left a review yet, you, you got to get on to Apple podcasts, leave a, leave a review and let people know what they're missing out on. And, um, uh, you know, like, and subscribe. And, uh, you know, check, by the way, check out Hey.com <laughs> because it's a, it's a fantastic email software. I'm enjoying it. You really should check it out. You're going to like it. Trust me. And also, um, don't try to get an H1B visa. It's not going to work out this week. Okay? <laughs> gonna that's the thing wait. we're going to end with. To wait on that. I love that's it. What we're, that's what we're on. All right. This is great. Thank you so much for uh, watching on the live stream. And thank you for listening to Mage Talk. Ba-ching. <laughs>